Welcome to the 32nd edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined tonight by Jess. Hi, everyone. And Matt. Hello, everyone. And we'll dive into two sorts of two derby games. In fact, you could almost argue, couldn't you, really? So, first of all, let's start with the Black Country Derby, um, played at the New Books Head with a huge crowd there of over 800 uh, people there. It was a big game. Um, We'll start with just quickly run through the lineup. Beck Thomas in goal, Anna Morfitt, Emma Cross, Tammy George, Maz Gauntlet, Jade Cross, Randa Modi, Amber Hughes, Summer Holmes, Katie Johnson, and Beth Merrick. Um, first things first, um, there was a strong team that uh, Maka put out, wasn't it, Jess? Yeah, I don't think there's anything where I would have questioned. I think it's pretty obvious that apart from the goalkeeper, I think that's probably our strongest team. I think Beck's done really well this season, so I can see why she's starting. But yeah, I think probably our strongest team this season we've put out so far. Yeah, and Matt, West Brom sort of played sort of quite with a low block and try and sit back and absorb the pressure from what I could make out on the radio. Yeah, they did. It was obviously two games in a row that we had to um, be put through that after the Boldmere game. Uh, obviously, Boldmere, the game before, were nearly successful with it, nearly got a quite well-deserved point it would have been in terms of the defensive style. Mm. Uh, West Brom, you know, credit to them in that first half. They did defend deep and uh, they still broke away on a couple of occasions and their their first goal that they scored was um, was a fantastic goal. So fair play to them with, with the approach they took. But I think once once we got that penalty right in injury time, I think it was, or close to, that was a bit of a, a sucker punch for them and obviously we dominated from there on. Yeah, just I mean, West Brom sort of got the the, the first goal of the match by going one nil up. That's the second game on the road against us. That they've scored first, and and second game in the road where they scored first and lost. But I think that's um, gave them a bit of uh, momentum sort of for the rest of that half, didn't it? Yeah, I think first half they obviously they knew that they probably wouldn't have much possession of the ball. I think they probably thought that Wolves probably would have been the stronger team on paper, but I think. The plan they went in with seemed to work for the first half. They seemed to, obviously, we had a couple of chances. We had more chances than they did, and we were in control of the ball. But yeah, I thought their backline did quite well, and they clearly had a plan and they clearly stuck to that. And I don't think the goal was deserved necessarily. I think Wolves were definitely on top for the majority of that game. But I mean, it was it was an unbelievable strike. No one was ever going to save it. Whoever was in goal. So I think, I think they did well defensively. But I do think we were definitely in control for the whole game. Yeah, and we we. Sort of uh, got back into the game at the very end with uh, or very end of that first half, Matt, with a penalty, sort of deserved penalty. It was a handball, if I remember rightly, in the build up. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we don't get the benefit uh, of a multi camera angle replay, do we? But um, I don't think there was a million complaints. Um, and even if there were, you know, it doesn't matter these days, does it? Uh, no VAR in tier three of the women's game. Uh, I think, obviously, after missing the penalty the, the game before against Baldmere, obviously, we had. Anna Morfitt starting again. Uh, fortunately, she went back to absolutely smashing the ball through the goal on like a little dinked effort against Northampton. So back to classic Morph. Yeah, it, it was a classic Morph penalty, wasn't it, Jess? Where she, I mean, there was no way anyone was going to be stopping that, that from going in. Yeah, I mean, I was sat right at the other end. You heard it hit the back of the net. It was, it was a good goal. And I mean, I've supported this team for however many years now. I've never, ever seen a miss one. And I hope that stat will continue for many years to come. Yeah, as we joke, taxes, death and anamorphic penalties, things that are guaranteed in life. Obviously, that took us into the half-time break. 
and then Wolves came out firing in that that second half, Matt, with um, goals from Jade and Amber. We did, yeah. I mean, it, it took a little bit of time, didn't it? And you know, West Brom did have one or two one or two moments where they threatened um, before we got that second goal. But like I said earlier, it felt like once we levelled it, it felt like we were going to go into win. Um, as Jess said, even when they went one to lock, you know, it was it was undeserved, but. I think after being put through 80 minutes against Boldmere, where it looked like we were creating a million chances and not, and not storing, it, it felt a little bit different in that first half. We actually weren't creating the clear-cut chances, uh, despite all of the possession and despite all the pressure going forward. So I was a little concerned at 1-0, but once we made it 1-1, it felt like we were we were going to go on to win it and we, we crafted out a couple of nice goals. Yeah. And um, bet Jess Amber was playing whilst having been Poorly laid up in bed the day before, and sort of you would have wouldn't have known it if from her performance, would you? No, not at all. Before I knew that, you know, you wouldn't have been able to tell that there was anything wrong for her at all. She looked the same Amber Hughes that she's looked ever since she joined us. She was definitely our biggest threat, and I think yeah, obviously she got the goal, but not only her the goal she contributes, but the stuff she contributes, assists, and the st- just her presence in the box is so needed at Wolves. And yeah, she's a great player, and you certainly wouldn't have been able to tell that she was ill whatsoever yeah um just coming back to the fact that West Brom sort of plays with that sort of deep block but I mean I think yeah that's West Brom Boldmere and Loughborough earlier on in the season have all sat back and tried we've all sat back and tried to absorb the pressure um but we've still gone on to win what do you think that says about this Wolves team uh I mean first of all obviously I don't blame them for doing that strategy because all three of them to a certain extent, you know, had success at least for a period of time. Even Loughborough kept us out for half an hour, if I remember right. Um, but I think it's it's it shows that we've got to have that real determination to break through because quite a few of our goals last year, you know, we did hit through blistering pace. Well, blistering pace isn't going to get you anywhere because you're going to hit a brick wall when they've got that low block. So it means that we have got to be a lot more patient in possession, don't get desperate and start pumping the ball into the box and I think we we score from so many different ways now and set pieces especially, we all seem to be a, a bit of a threat these days. And whether it's an ugly goal or whether it's a screamer from 30 yards, you know, we, we, we seem to be capable of it. Yeah, it certainly was really positive, isn't it? Um, another positive was the fact, as we sort of noticed sort of in the build-up to or the sort of opening of this, was that attendance of 823 fans there, that's up 160 fans. I think that's about, math serves me right, that's about a 40% increase in fig- from this fixture last season, Jess. I mean, that's a huge increase, isn't it? And really good to see. Yeah, it is. And I think not only the, there was more people there, but you could tell, like, the atmosphere was so much louder than the other game. You know, the Baltimore game, there was, I don't know how many were there, a few hundred, but the atmosphere just felt so different at the West Brom game. And it did to a certain extent last season, but this is this game was on a whole new level. And I think the people in front of me, I don't think they were Wolves fans. And I don't think they were West Brom fans. I think the game attracted so many neutrals because it was, you know, it was a local derby and tickets aren't exactly expensive and it was great to see so many people, you know, I think that's probably the first game apart from Molyneux where all the seats around me have been taken, you know, normally there's a few rows with no people on, but it was, it was packed and I think it's great, you know, to see that if Wolves do push it on social media that we can get those those sort of numbers in the ground and hopefully that will continue every game within the next couple of years. Yeah, talking social media there, Matt, there was some real high-quality output by the, the, the comms team and good work done by Megan Garber in the sort of build-up to that. Um, 
I mean, first of all, how good was it? Like, yeah, you know, like, you know, like your view on that sort of social media on the, the output. You, you, you take us your take on it. Yeah, I think they got it banged on, didn't they? With that, yeah. It, even some of the banter that they put out afterwards. I think it was that Beth Merrick one. Um, you know, that that one gave us a good chuckle. Uh, yeah, I find they always do this for the West Brom game, don't they? Yeah. I, I don't blame them. Obviously, that is our biggest game in terms of local rivalry. Be good for them to do it for a lot of the ones, you know. Same when we get the journalists coming out just for that game. Um, but it was it it was about right for it, and obviously it got a good attendance. I've, I've made my views clear before about we could get bigger attendances if it was elsewhere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, in terms of it was there, it was obviously the biggest attendance you could get, and we even had somebody that arrived late and had to sit on the steps next to us so they could actually get a seat. So it was a uh, it was packed out. Obviously, you did have the the other stands that were closed as well, but. In terms of those seating stands, we couldn't see an empty seat. Yeah, your view, Jess, on the social media output? Yeah, I think it, it just proves that if you know the men, a lot of the men's team accounts were sharing it, and I think it just proves that if we do put the effort in, and if the men's team do help and share, think these things that the attendances will rocket. And I think I was at Molyneux the week before, whatever game was before that, and they announced it on the on the Tannoy over over at Molyneux, and I think. All the li- those little things that all add up, putting it in the men's programme, putting it on the men's social media. You know, the men's team are in the Premier League. They're obviously going to get much more of a following than we'd ever get. So I think doing those things, it is, on one hand, it is a bit disappointing that it took for only like one, two games a season. But I think that it proves that there is potential there. And, you know, if however many games they're going to advertise that on the men's team, hopefully, you know, even if 20% of the people want to come back, I think it will hopefully increase gradually anyway. The attendances will get bigger and bigger. But it just does prove that the work they're putting in will work if if they do it regularly. Yeah, completely. I think that's the point, isn't it? The work that Megan and the other sort of the journalists there involved, sort of Derby University, do to put in to that help promote that was was really good and, and does deserve the support from the club of pushing it more often. Um, Matt, just a quick last one on um, social media. Um, West Brom made some bold statement in September about Shannon Stamps being the best winger in the FA Women's National League. Um, after this game, do you think? Well, I mean, before you could even argue before this game, but after this game, do you think they have a leg to stand on? <laughs> I mean, she's she's good, isn't she? But uh, I think they're they're definitely just looking at their own team now, aren't you? I think she was she voted player of the season, I think for them last year. Uh, but no, not in terms of the whole national league, you know. Uh, I seem to remember a goal going viral. I think it was last year. Um, when the, or two years ago when the season got aborted and everyone was just playing friendlies, weren't they, to see out the year. Maybe she scored a screamer. It seemed a bit like the Amber Hughes one against Baltimore, where the wind helped carry it in. And maybe she got a bit of a reputation for that. But no, I think we've I think we've definitely got a couple of the best wingers, haven't we? Definitely. Uh, and I think we had our own little bit of social media, sort of, well, not us ourselves personally, but friend of the show, Manny, um, uh, with Smith Saturday on, on a Wednesday night, helped cause a bit of a social media stir, Jess. Um, Amp Hughes's celebration with that the little golden triangle. Yeah, I think I was told at half time that Manny had had gone by the dressing room and that they the girls had agreed if they scored that they would celebrate with samosa. So I think you know it's great that they lived up to that. But just him being there on the occasion, you know, it was his stand was full the whole game. It wasn't there wasn't a time where I don't think there was a five minute spell where no one was there. And I think the money he raised and you know it's a, a fantastic cause and you know it's great that the girls 
were on board with it and they all had samosas at the end and you know celebrated with a samosa which is is lovely but I think the occasion as a whole is just fantastic and all the work he does is is amazing you know the fact that it can be shared at Walsamin now is even better yeah no definitely uh, Matt, your 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 samosa rating for the you know game. what that was that was my first one, and I think we were the first ones in the ground at about half six, just to make sure that we we, we could get one. Um, no, absolutely banging, yeah. And echo what Jess said, you know, the even for a smaller event like that, compared to what obviously he normally does, still raised a lot of money, and I think that combined with what he did a few days later uh, against Forest, wasn't it, for the men's team, raised a hell of a lot of money. Big week for him after the walk as well. Yeah, he did he does amazing work, and we, yeah, all of us here on the pod salute you, Manny, and well done for everything you did, uh, both that day and before and after. Um, moving on, obviously the the girls had a bit of a break, ten day break, and then they went into action on Sunday. Oh, away at Derby County, so this is our second of our Derby games. Um, big win, three um, one again, back to back three one victories. Um, quickly run through the attend uh, the lineup. Um, which pretty much it was the same. Beck, Beck, Anna Morfitt, Emma Cross, Tammy George, Maz Gauntlet, Jade Cross, Alan Demody, Amber Hughes, Summer Holmes, KJ, and Beth. Um, I think I know I was there, I was there this one. Um, I know Matt, you were listening to it on the um on the radio as well. And Jess, you were being tortured at Molyneux. Um, um, certainly from sort of watching it, there was a bit of sloppiness in that first half, wasn't there, Matt? From both teams. I mean, certainly Beck's sort of goal seemed to live a bit of a charmed life it appeared so yeah like you said I was listening to it on the radio but I think sometimes that's worse when you can actually see it with your own eyes you know you feel like you're in a bit more control don't you to the radio it brings me back to when the men's team were the championship and all you had there was a radio for the away games um, yeah it, I, I always expected it to be um, quite a tough game I can't remember what I predicted now but I wouldn't be surprised if I said a draw um, it you know it's going to be a close game against Derby. You know that they're going to come onto you and put a lot of pressure onto you. So it's it's a case of weathering that storm, wasn't it? But it sounded like maybe we um, kind of put it on ourselves a little bit too much um, in the in the opening exchanges. Yeah, we're a bit sloppy, personally. Um, I, I felt we, yeah, we just didn't. We just needed to be tighter at the back, personally. I felt we could have been, we given the ball away a bit too often, um, and Amber missed the open goal and. Um, yeah, it was one of those where you just, uh, but we we didn't deserve to lose, be losing at that point necessarily. But so if if we'd gone in one or two nil down, you could, you know, it wouldn't have been uh, unfair. And um, Matt, you predicted a one nil Wolves win, so um, tight game is what you predicted. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bit scrappy in that first half. But Jess, the the team sort of lifted themselves, got got up back into that game. And Amber got her tenth goal in ten. I mean, what sort of a you know? We we keep on banging on about Amber, but you know, tell me how great is Amber? I think she's the best forward I've seen play at Wolves in my time, Wolves in anyway. And I think you know, we always when we play Derby, it's always a tough game. I think when we played them quite early on at the beginning of the last season, it was always a, a Derby really good. I think we're going to beat them, and you know, to come away with a win that day was great for us and I think it's always difficult against Derby and I think and not just against Derby but a few games this season as soon as we've got one I think our momentum starts to pick up and I think as soon as we get back in the lead you know I think we definitely uh, the mentality almost switches of we're in control of this game around we just need to play the football like we normally play and I think we proved that in the in the West Brom game as soon as we got it under control we panicked a bit when when they scored we got it back under control the 
anamorphic penalty couldn't have come at any better time. And I think as soon as we get back under control, we seem to just play the football like like Wolves play, like a training session, just back to how we would, back to the basics. And I think it's from what I heard, it sounded like that's exactly what we did against yeah, Darwin. Yeah, spot on, Jess, it was. And I mean, Maka brought Ali Miller on, super, super, super sub Ali Miller for... Um, Another substitute appearance, and she got onto the score sheet pretty much instantly, Matt, didn't she? Yeah, and that, that was a huge moment. I think once, I think Derby equalised about five, six minutes after we scored, didn't they? Yeah. And I think at that point, they, they nearly made it 2 1 as well. So I was, I don't know about you, Nick, in my head, I was starting to go, right, okay, we'll, we'll probably take a draw out of this, you know, away to Derby as well. It's a bit like the filed games last year, I think, where we, we, we drew both of those, and you thought actually a draw would be a good result. Um, but Ali Miller, I mean, what a player to bring off the bench then. You know, she's she's quick, she's technical, uh, she's confident, which is important, you know. I know it's the Wolves Women podcast, but if we if we compare to the men's team, we talk about players like Amber Hughes, Ali Miller, who've just got all this confidence in front of goal. Um, and we, it's easy to take that for granted, isn't it? Just you can have the most technical players in the team, but if they've not got that confidence to score then you're not going to, are you? So a player like Ali to come on, whether she plays, sometimes she plays up in the two up front, sometimes as an advanced wing back and whichever position she comes on, she always seems to do a job for us. Yeah, and she switched around a bit in that game as well because she came on at first to replace Beth and then um, when Mac had brought on Coops, um, she switched up into the sort of the forward role sort of alongside Amber. But Getting two goals in a substitute appearance again, it's it's a really good performance, a good return. Somebody who's sort of realistically had no pre-season and sort of getting back into that. Um, I don't like doing this, and we don't often discuss refs, but I think, you know, it's something that we picked up sort of when, you know, you were listening to it and I was there. Um, there was a bit of a melee in the middle. Um, Tammy got a boot in the face. Um, and to be perfectly honest, probably there should have been a sending off from each player, not Tammy, but others involved in the melee. Um, but the referee just booked one player and uh, one player from each team, and including booking Tammy for getting boots to the face. Matt, just if you want to dive in, but first of all, but I think just the question of refereeing standards: Are we getting a bit of a raw end of the deal? The minute are the best referees being pulled up to the the next league up? Anyone? Well, go on, Matt. I th- oh, Jess, go on, Jess. I think, as a whole in women's football, I think the standard we want to derive drive for as a country, moving the game forward, the level of referees and the amount of money that's put into referees to to get them trained and to get them to the standards that we want them to be, it's just not good enough at the moment. And I think that goes to the WSL. And you know, obviously, if it's not good enough at the WSL, then it's obviously not going to be good enough in Tier Three. And I think. You know, we get a good one here and there and some of them have a good game and then they have their moments and obviously wasn't there. But I think as a whole in the country, referees need, you know, it's all right saying we can invest in putting goal line technology and VAR in, but if the officials that we're playing aren't well trained, then the game's never going to progress whether you use goal line technology and VAR or you don't. I think the money that needs to be invested needs to be in the officials rather than trying to advance the game technologically. And I think, as a whole, I do I do think officiating is poor in the women's football. Yeah, I think Jess has nailed that, hasn't she? Uh, it, the WSL thing, that came to my head as well. Uh, they're not even full-time, are they, in the WSL? So if they're not full-time there, I mean, we're not going to necessarily get the best standard 
two, three, four leagues below, are we? So obviously there will be officials at our level that are brilliant. Um, But we know obviously there was an an incident last year in one of the tier three games where, uh, you know, the the officials didn't take it seriously enough and they're they're potentially using it as a stepping stone or, or, or something that they don't necessarily enjoy to referee games at that level or, or in women's football at all. So, the, you know, the kind of needs to be more of an attitude check, uh, not just ability. No, definitely. No, I think that's, that's I think we've both, we've both made some really fair comments there. It's not, you know, we need to invest in the rest as well as the, to help improve the whole game. But the rest need to also make sure they're, you know, sort of, they're committed to it. Um, I think one of the things that I picked up was this referee, um, not, you know, was not naming and shaming or anything like that, but, her, their positioning led to them missing things, making poor decisions. And to be honest, I think the Derby fa- Derby players found it a bit of a joke as well that they were getting so many throw-ins uh, on the the one side of the pitch that we were all on, um, even when they were clearly Wolves throw-ins because the ref was making the calls. But hey, I think the key thing is, as well as sort of alluded to there as well, is when we have good refs, we also need to praise them, and we have had good refs. So I think, yeah, we'll we'll yeah we have good refs again. We'll praise them. Um, so that brings the last couple of games there. Obviously, sort of just one quick point of that on that derby game as well. Um, it was uh, the attendance was the, it was the highest attended tier three game at the weekend. So uh, yeah, highest attended tier three game with three hundred fifty nine fans there. That was up from two hundred and thirty two for this match last season. I mean, that's another big increase in attendance, isn't it, Matt? It is, and the Derby game last year was August, wasn't it? Yeah. Quite a nice sunny day in August, if I remember right. So, uh, yeah, that's an increase. Uh, it's it's good that we're increasing about hundred or so, isn't it? But you know, I was at um, I was at the the Villa women's game on Saturday, and they've I know it's WSL, but they've almost doubled their attendances, I believe, like close enough, and uh, it's it's allowing a, that kind of considerable increase to drop down into into the lower divisions as well. I think that's the next step, isn't it? Definitely. Moving on to the next game, it's a case of facing the same opposition twice again, which is what it does bring this in this league. Uh, at the times we first of all we got Brighouse in the FA Women's National League Cup. Um, I, I mean, Jess, the Huddersfield manager uh, a few weeks back called Brighouse a horrible club. Um, I think he's possibly taken slightly out of context, but it did provide a bit of social media entertainment. I'd argue they're physical, but not nasty. Is that your view? Yeah, I don't think they're nasty in any way, shape or form. When we played them at Molyneux, I thought quite a few people would have thought we've never really played them very much. Didn't really know what to expect. And obviously, we, was it two goals we went up and they, they bought it back? And I think they you know, they showed very good fighting spirit that day. And they, they obviously have got the capabilities to, to get points off teams higher up in the league. You know, obviously, this is a cup game, but... We don't know if they're going to go full strength or whatever, or if we're going to go full strength. But they're definitely a team who can cause problems and have potential to to rock the boat. Whether they will that do the same as they did last season and take points off us, I do not know. But I certainly don't think they were a nasty team, and I don't think there was anything that sticks into my mind that I remember thinking, "Oh, that was really bad," or that player should have been sent off or anything. I don't think it was anything like that. But I do think that they have got, they are capable of of causing problems for teams like Wolves who are aiming to be higher up the table maybe than they are this season. Yeah. And Matt, they've dropped away a bit from last season, haven't they? They were sort of good, strong mid-table team. They're now sort of bottom half. Um, do you think that, that means they're going to focus more on the cup, on the league game after, rather than this cup game? 
no, I think I think they'll go full strength. I think they've got still got confidence in their own team. They finished comfortably mid table last year, and you know, I, I think that Molyneux game, they on the wings, I thought they absolutely battered us. I remember they kept them piling forward. I think it's Leah Embley and one or two others. And we couldn't handle them on that wing the way they were coming in, cutting inside, and it felt almost inevitable that they were going to score those couple of goals. And I know they had the benefit of playing on a really good surface at Molyneux. Um, but no, I, I thought they were very strong. Obviously, they've lost players like Leah Embley now. She's gone to Burnley. Um, so I don't know the current strength of the team. I don't know if they've lost a significant amount of quality that means that they're dropping a bit down there. But I'd suspect they're potentially in a slightly false position. And I, I do think they'll be comfortable at the table. I don't think they're going to drop in there. But, you know, you can you can remind me of those words in six months' time if, they're, if they're, um, they've got a last final day of the season decider to see if they're going to stay up or not. But no, I think it'll be a tough game and obviously the week afterwards as well. And I think both teams will go quite as close to full strength, really. Yeah, well, we're going to be missing one player for the uh, the game again, uh, in the Cup, and that's Summer Holmes, who picked up her fifth yellow card of the season against Derby. Um, Jess, I presume you, you'd expect Laura Cooper to sl- slot straight in to replace Summer in that game, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think, obviously, with how long Summer was absent for last season, it's clearly a position we've been in before not being able to play her. But I think, yeah, I think I really rate Laura Cooper. I think she's had a fantastic few games for us recently. And, and last season, I thought she was superb. So, yeah, I don't see why she wouldn't play. And, she, you know, she'll give it her all wherever she's playing. But I really rate her. And, you know, it's great to see her getting, hopefully getting 90 minutes in under her belt because I do think she's a, a really good asset that Wolves have got. Yeah, and I suppose the sort of the next big question there after that is, um, Matt, is what other changes would we expect? Shannon for Beck for this one? Yeah, yeah, purely because it's a cup game and it's the traditional thing to do, isn't it? Um, I mean, we've debated it a few times, the Beck or Shannon thing, but I mean, I guess Beck is number one now, isn't she? I mean, you don't stay in the team for this long. Um, and, and Unless there's something we don't know about that, you don't stay in the team this long if it's just in for a, a bit of form, really. I guess maybe the whole approach is to try to keep your team harmony as well. Is that there isn't a number one, and it's you, you're in the team on merit. Um, not that Shan necessarily did anything to not be in the team then, other than get called up by Northern Ireland. But um, you know she, she is the one. So I would suspect, yeah, for this cup game at least, Shan would come in, and, and obviously with the other cup games to come this month as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and Baltimore Wolves, Jess, asked a person question. Uh, I'll quote what he says. Ali Miller with something like five goals from only one start. Is it time for her to move into the starting lineup? Move to the, Yeah, move to the starting 11. What's your thoughts? Um, I think it's difficult. I think Wolves have got, you know, with Beth Merrick, I think Wolves have got a lot of talent in the position that she plays. And I think She's had. She came off the bench. I think it was against Burnley, and obviously she scored that really good goal. I think she comes. She makes a really good difference when she comes off. When she comes on, and I don't know. I think maybe it is time to. You know, it's a cup game. Like maybe do rest Beth and give her a go. And you know, she's obviously she's got something to prove. You know, she's coming off the bench and scoring these goals within minutes of being on the pitch. She she obviously has talent. We know that from the season she's played before. So I think. I don't think she's sitting on the bench because she's not a good player because she's not. I think she's a very good player with very good assets. She's very, she offers a bit something a little bit different to Beth. I think they're both good in their own, in their own ways. But I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd get whether it's for 90 minutes and she starts or whether she comes on 
after 70 minutes and we take Beth off and we put her on. I don't know, but I think I think she'll definitely get minutes in the game, whether that's 90 or coming on as a substitute, I'm not sure. But I think she she's proved that she she's worthy of a position in the team. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and she's, I know she's thriving, so the challenge of proving herself there, so that's great to see. Um, this game, Matt, is at Compton rather than at Telford. Uh, the official line is obviously that Telford are at home on 29th and then early the following week. Um, do, is there also a bit of a, well, they're playing, if we're playing the same tw- team twice, back to back, it gives a chance to have a, you know, give them a different location, make a slightly different challenge. They're not as comfortable coming back down for the, the second game. I mean, possibly. Uh, to be honest, my first thought as well is it's it's quite nice for us as well, isn't it, as fans? I think to go watch at the same location, watch the same team, same opposition twice, like that two weeks in a row, you know, it's that can get a bit deja vu, can't it? So, yeah, I'm quite, I mean, I'm not going to say happy it's at the training ground because if we're trying to grow the sport then at the training ground isn't isn't great, is it? But at least this time fans are allowed and you know it's it, it's obviously unavoidable. Would have been good. I'm kind of like a bit of a pipe dream here, but would for a bit of nostalgia, imagine if we were able to secure the CKW just for the for these kind of games where Telford's not available. But I think I just uh I missed that little vibe at the CKW that we we got that. It was a it was a it was a bit of a hellhole, wasn't it? But it was it was our hellhole. <laughs> it was good. It was, or I mean, they could have just flipped the um the the one of the games. I try to remember who the men have got this weekend, but seeing whether the, the men were yeah Molyneux was free for one of these two games and flipped it to there, that would be quite nice. Um, but hey, Salavi. Um, so go on, Matt. Are we are we progressing? Are we going to be up for the cup, progressing into the next round? Yeah, uh, I think I said in the season preview, this is the most important cup for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Birmingham County Cups just completely Mickey Mouse for me, um, especially now that we've won it once. Um, so this, this is the one we want to win. Um, our score prediction, 2-1, Wolves. 2-1 to Wolves. Jess? Um, I think 3-1 Wolves. 3-1 Wolves, going to go strong. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves. Um, I think we'll win. We've got the strength and uh, everything. Brighouse will be still have one eye on the league and want to uh, rest some players for the league, and therefore I think our second string or our, our slightly non-first eleven team will be stronger than theirs, and therefore we'll will be win this game. Have any of us ever predicted a defeat on it? <laughs> um, no. Even the Burnley game, I don't think we did, did we? We, we? The thing is. Yeah, when you go 1,330 games undefeated, yeah, 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 you get you don't get used to it, do you? No, um, they come so few and far between, but also the opposition, I think we're comfortable with. But talking about being comfortable with the opposition, um, the game after is Brickhouse in the league at home. Um, I presume, um, Jess, it'll be summer back in for you, you know, unless something happens, um. Any other, you know, is that is that your immediate thoughts? Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's if there's no reasons to, I don't think we should change. I think we'll probably go in with the starting eleven that we we started with um, against Derby. I think that's I personally think that's our strongest team at the moment. And you know, I think while Laura Cooper probably will come in against the cup for the cup, I don't think you know one game. I don't think is enough time to be out 
running Summer Homes into a starting eleven position. You know, if someone was injured, fair enough, but it's, it's only one game, and I don't think unless she's going to have a once in a lifetime performance, I don't think I can't see why Summer wouldn't come straight back in as soon as she's available. Because I think she's personally, I think she's one of one of our best players and someone who with her and Tammy, I just think they're. The bond they have in midfield is probably the best midfield duo or, you know, with H as well. I think personally we have the best midfield in the league. So I think I don't see why we wouldn't bring some back in at the first opportunity. Yeah, Matt, we've touched on the goalkeepers already. So you, I presume you'd, you know, you'd be, you'll be at that sort of of the coin again for Maka over Beck and Shan. Yeah, I, I mean, I've made clear to me, I think Shan is our number one, but... You know, clearly right now, Beck is so on the basis that Shan comes in for the cup game, I'd expect Beck to come back in the week after. Yeah, and your prediction for the league, are we are we going same prediction or are we going to have a slightly different score because it's a slightly different team that we face against Brighouse? Uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to say 1-1. And I'm going to say that with a bit of logic that I hope is going to turn out to be flawed. Um, that it's the second week we play them in a row. I think Brighouse are quite switch on with their setup and we drew against them twice last year and they, they do seem to push teams I think they pushed Forest for a while didn't they on the weekend before they pulled away at the end so 1-1 one, one, but I hope I'm wrong Yes Yeah I agree I think it will be tighter the second time we play them but I do think with the talent we've got 2-1 uh, You're same as me Jess because I was also going 2-1 on that one so I think that's a a good point to come to the end of this, the first half of this edition of the Wolves Wing podcast. Back after the break to look ahead at a few other bits and pieces that have come through in the day in the last week or so. Catch after the break. Welcome back to the Wolves Wing podcast. Um, just diving straight into the first sort of point. We've now achieved, or Wolves now achieved, 22 points this season. And I know last season, Jess, Macca made a big thing about the 20 points achieved. Um, do you think it was still a key figure for them this season, or is, have we moved on from that? Um, I'm sure that there's an element of you want to aim for a certain amount of points, but I think, you know, we blew all of our expectations out of the water last season with the performances we were able to put in. So I think, I think they will be changed slightly, but I'm sure the goals will still be there in terms of we want this many points by Christmas and we want to finish in the league like this. And I think even Macca, and I'm sure, you know, we all want to do as well as we can. But I think last season, none of us could have predicted to have lose one game and win the league. So I think things will have changed because obviously we've, we've proved we can do it once. So why can't we do it again? But I do think that there will be targets still set in stone that Macca will have put in place at the beginning of the season. And Matt, you happy where where we are now that we've hit the twenty? Well, just, just got over the twenty point mark. Yeah, yeah. I think after that Burnley defeat, you know, I was a little bit concerned, especially, you know, when you're in a league with with less teams. Uh, one bad result like that can kind of mean you slip away. But Burnley seem to have a habit of just dropping points, even if it's draws against teams lower down the division, and, and so it's proved already since that game. Uh, I mean, I know last year was we were the underdogs and we Maka kept sending that message out avoid relegation and see where we go after that but well, I don't, you know we can't put pressure on them but they know this year that none of that kind of stuff will wash will it you know nobody's buying that you know we are one of if not the strongest team in the league and we, we've got to live up to that 
Yeah, no, definitely an interesting point that Matt's made there just about Burnley. And I think it was something we touched on in with Macca's post-match interview after that game. But since that game, we've both teams have played three games. Wolves have taken nine points compared to Burnley's three points, if I remember rightly. Um, we've pulled away from them. Yeah, and I think, you know, Burnley are getting points, but only just, I think they've been very lucky. They've And there's a few games this season they've gone they've gone down within the first half and, you know, they've they scored an equaliser or they've scored a winner in the 90-plus minute or something. So, you know, it's very lucky. And I think sometimes in football, their luck's going to run out. They're not going to be scoring 90-plus minute equalisers to get them points that they need. And I think, you know, there is going to be a game where they're just not going to be able to get the goal they need because I think teams... You know, West Brom have proven it that you know if West Brom can beat them and West West Brom putting it well, obviously they didn't beat them in the end, but you know they they went ahead and I think it just proves that teams are going to be able to beat Burnley this season. I do think they're a beatable team and I think they are going to make slip ups in a sense that they're not going to be able to equalise or they're not going to be gifted a penalty that will put them in front. So I do think that they will become weaker towards the end throughout the season. Uh, definitely, I think it was very good of West Brom to. Uh help us in our league campaign by uh, equalising in the last minutes. Don't you, Matt? I've never celebrated an Albion goal until then. It was quite a nice goal as well. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Yeah, I, I, was, goal. I was really tempted just to reply and say thank you for the for the, uh, the banter. <laughs> but no, I, I've done enough banter with Albion recently. It's fine. Um, yeah. um, so change subject slightly again. Um, we have the September Player of the Month award. Um, it was a convincing win by Beck Thomas. Uh, she got 52% of the vote. It was a great pleasure to present Beck with the uh, her prize uh, presentation on Sunday after the Derby game. Um, Matt, your thoughts on Beck? Yeah, thoroughly really deserved. You know, she, she's not put, I was going to say foot wrong, she's not put a glove wrong, you know, whatever you, whatever you want to say. Yeah, sometimes it feels like we're almost being a bit harsh because we debate the whole Beck-Shan thing and that's purely because Shan had such an outstanding season. You know, I was in the Northern Ireland squad for the Euros, you know. So, of course, you're going to assume she's your number one and you're going to be like, well, he's back starting here. But she's come in and she's kept her place and she's she hasn't put uh, her foot wrong. So, you know, thoroughly deserved, um, made some crucial saves and interventions in those in those games, especially that Forest one. Yeah, Jess, I mean, I think that's it, isn't it? It's when you're comparing a goalkeeper or two goalkeepers, one of who's in Northern Ireland squad and had a really good season last season. It's always going to be tough, but it's a fa- it's she's proved herself this season, hasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Shan didn't get called up to Northern Ireland during the league campaign last season. So there wasn't really a time where she was absent. So I think Beck didn't really have the chance to prove herself apart from, you know, a cup game here or there when, you know, we played Hull and however many goals we beat them by, it was never really going to be much of a close contest that game. But I think, you know, she's had to step it up this season with Shan going away and she's really, really proved herself. And I think she's pretty much said to everyone that I am as good and on par with Shan because she really hasn't made a mistake this season personally, I don't think. And I think she's been really good and proved to, you know, people, when obviously people see that we've got a Northern Ireland goalkeeper in our squad and we're not playing her, you know, there are going to be people thinking, oh, this is a bit strange. And, you know, I think we all thought, oh, this is a bit different, you know. Beck carrying on playing when Shan was back in the squad, but I don't think there is a reason to to change it when Beck's been playing so good. And I do think she deserves thoroughly, thoroughly deserves the Player of the Month award. Yeah, and just a quick one. I mean, Talking Woso put out a couple of weeks back, put out their um, the most clean sheets um, in the league um, stats, and this so this is after eight games, and 
Beck or Wolves, should I say, were the joint Northern um, League, along with Fylde, having played eight with four clean sheets. And Beck is certainly part and parcel of that. So congratulations, Beck, on an excellent sort of performance in September and the, the award. Um, moving on, we had a couple of cup draws announced uh, well earlier this part of this week. First of all, with the FA Cup, it's 13th of November. It's away to Shrewsbury, who are in the fifth tier, um, just recently promoted to um, the West Midlands Premier Division. I think, I think, Matt, it should be a good surface we're playing on because they're, uh, you know, they play just next or that complex next to the Meadow uh, Stadium, well, don't they? They do, yeah. Uh, and there's there's an argument. I saw some of their fans on social media suggesting it will possibly be at um, at, the, at the main stadium as well. So. Either way, it's the same postcode, so I think we'll find our way there. Uh, it's it's a nice little draw, I thought. I know it's regionalised, so it was going to be a Midlands team. Uh, at first, I thought, you know, if, if it was regionalised to uh, to the northern, imagine if we'd got Brighouse again and played them three weeks in a row. That would have been something, wouldn't it? Uh, but, I but was no, not going to say what I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shrewsbury, you know, they've just got promoted. They, they seem to be carrying a bit of momentum with them. Mm. They... Um, they were quite confident in the last round. Uh, I think got an eight 0 win, so it'll be it'll be it'll be a strongly contested um, tie, I think. But obviously, our quality should shine through. But I love the FA Cup. You know, it's and we want to get to the fourth round again, don't we? That's almost like winning the cup. And yeah. even though we'd probably get battered, you know, you want to play a WSL team. Bring a WSL team down to the new books head and give them a, show them what it's really like. Um, Jess, I mean, something we didn't touch on in uh, looking back at the derby game was that. Destiny was was getting some minutes running with tails in the warm up. Um, I mean, she looked a couple of weeks away from anything really. But if, do you think this is a good opportunity? This would be a good opportunity to get some minutes into the into her legs. Yeah, definitely. I think why not take the opportunity when we're playing a couple a couple of games against teams who aren't at the level we normally play. So I think it's great to obviously see her back. We don't. I personally don't know what she injured, and there was I I haven't seen a report to say what was what was wrong but you know she's been out for a few weeks now so yeah I think it's perfect opportunity for her to whether she starts or not probably not but just to get her back in the squad with the ball playing playing against the team you know I think it will be perfect opportunity one of these two games to get her back in the squad. Yeah I mean this is our first entry into the, the FA Cup this season Matt and I think it's worth noting that there has been a significant increase in the prize money um I'll just t- say the, what the figures were last season and, and this season, and I'll get your thoughts on that. Um, so last season, the first round winner would have got £850 and the loser would have got £215. This season, the winner gets six grand and the loser gets £1,500. Um, I'll let, uh, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, there's always going to be people, aren't there, you know, including us that will say, oh, well, it should be even more than that. And obviously, oh, yes, it should be. But I think as a, as a first step, you know, I don't know about your thoughts, but I, I, it was more than I was expecting. You know, there was a bit of a big social media campaign about it, wasn't there, last year? With it, you know, the, the, the fees teams were getting weren't even funding the uh, the distance they were travelling or the officials that they needed to book in and things like that. So, it's 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 obviously a lot more than what you expected, and you, you could argue, does it need to be regionalised at first round? You know, at the very least, could it be the whole northern area? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I think it was certainly a big step forward after last season. I know the um, Women's Football Collective um, did make a big thing about it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think it's a huge step forward, isn't it, Jess? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, rightly so that they made a big deal about it. You know, if you if you get a team that aren't exactly close to you, and I know it's regionalised and whatever, but two hundred and fifteen pound is not a lot if you lose the tie. And I think, you know, with the you could potentially draw teams a couple of tiers above you. You know, the chances of you coming out of the result are quite minimal. So I think the fact that you know one thousand five hundred pound is a lot of money for a tier five, tier six team. So I think it's it's great, and it just shows like percentage wise how much how much it's increased in just one season. So I think it was definitely like Matt said, it's a lot. It's a much bigger of a jump than I would have thought, but I think you know it's great to prove that that money can be put into women's football now, and it is there for teams. To, you know, you know, tier five team could get quite a lot of money out of if they get two two decent games. You know, they could get quite a lot of money out of it. So it's great to see that money is now being invested into into the lower lower levels of the cup games. Yeah, and just to sort of put that into con- bit of context, Market Raisin, who um, who Shrewsbury played in the last round to get before coming to here, they're sort of a small Lincolnshire team. So Shrewsbury would have got, got a coach across to that. So that would have been best part of that 200 quid spent. You know, if they, okay, they won that game, but they would have, if they, you know, lower prize money in the previous round anyhow. So they would have spent most of that money on transport. So I think, yeah, it's a it's a huge bonus for them to be able to sort of, able to afford that, you know, transport and when you're doing long journeys. Um, I know Clapton last season had to travel down to Plymouth in fact, it was beyond Plymouth. They actually went into Cornwall to play Plymouth from London. So I think, you know, that's a huge cost for them. Um, the other draw, it's Matt's favourite cup. It was the County Cup draw. Um, 20th of November, we'll be playing, we're due to play Chelmsley Colts. Um, they play in the Birmingham. Huge game. Huge. huge game. They play in the Birmingham County League Division 1. Um, by my maths, that's Tier 8. Um as I said, with both this game and the Shrewsbury game, we'll sort of do a profile bit nearer the time. Yeah, sort of look forward to it. But I think um, my one observation would be that I expect if that game goes ahead, yeah, assuming that game goes ahead, that would expect to see a lot of the reserves playing because I don't believe they've got a game that day. Um, but I think that's uh, we'll leave it there at that to discuss that game. We can look at more nearer the time. Um, talk about the reserves. They're currently second on nine, nine points after three games. Um, unfortunately, them lot in the stripy uh, shirts are uh, top of the league with 10 points, but only after five games. So we're um, one point behind them but with two games in hand. Um, interestingly, well, first of all, the last game that we, were due to, that we were due to play was postponed at the weekend with waterlog pitch. But interestingly, on October the 14th, um, the reserves played a black... Uh, Played a behind closed doors friendly, if I can get the words out, against the Shrewsbury first team. Um, nothing was posted on social media um, about uh, what the score was, etc. But Jess, it looked like Ali, Shan, and Kelly Darby all got a run out in that game. Yeah, I think it's good for for the reserves to play against first team teams, but I think I do think that Shrewsbury all need to be aware that we probably won't play that many reserves in the game that we're going to play them. Um, but no, it's great for the res- with the reserves and you know to see Shan and and Kelly getting minutes under their belt. You know, obviously it's great to see you know that they've organised that. But I do think we've talked about the reserves and the situation they're in with the, the how good they are compared to some of the some of the teams in their league. So it's great to see them playing against teams that I would assume to be more physical and much more and offer a much more variety of things compared to what some of the teams would offer in their t- in their table. Uh, definitely, I think that's a p- fair point, isn't it? Playing a, sh- a first team 
which will have women in it, Matt, rather than uh, rather than girls. I mean, I think that there is a difference. It's like playing men versus boys, women versus girls. They are, you know, there is a difference in that, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. We've we we spoke about the the strength of our reserves team, haven't we? And how it's actually quite good to send a lot of them out on loan. Mm. Um, some of them going out to tier four, or quite a few of them going out to tier four. So they are playing, you know, against against women, against adults, um, on a, on a on a regular basis. Um, so to play those development games, you know, against a tier five team, there full strength um, is, is is quite promising. You know, if 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 they were able to get a good result, and conveniently, obviously playing Shrewsbury then. Uh, you know, I'm not suggesting we play completely the reserves because I think one, you've got to respect them, respect the cup. Uh, but obviously, you could kind of drip feed two or three in there. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, look ahead, next couple of fixtures for the reserves are Forest away on the 30th of October and Long Eaton at home on the 6th of November. Um, obviously, they'll pick up, they'll squeeze some of the, the rearranged Long Eaton fixture in a, a Long Eaton away fixture in at some point at a later date. Um, there's various so moving on to sort of broader, wider club. Um there's suggestions that the club might be that Wolves Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club as a whole entity um might be up for sale or certainly for well I mean, it's, it's been publicised that they were after new investment, but after more heftier investment than previously. Um what do you think, Matt, that might mean for Wolves women? Uh, I don't think it changes much at all, really. Um, it's been well documented, the support and the facilities, obviously, that the women have got access to at Compton, and that's fantastic. Um, but it's, as as much as it's great that we praise the club for that, something that exists and, you know, doesn't set them back much in terms of expenses. Mm. If you think back with... If you think back with Jeff Shee's comments that he's made the last couple of years on the Ask Wolves series about the women's team, you know, he's, he's, he's spoken a lot about uh, opportunities for local girls and obviously the women's team, you know, he's set up through the academy and that's all great. You can't disagree with that, but there's nothing that Jeff says that suggests that any focus on Wolves women is about getting us into as high a league as possible, into the WSL, maybe like some other teams have that approach. So I think with the current ownership, I don't think we're on a trajectory that's going to take us towards the WSL anyway. Um, so the club being up for sale, you know, whilst we're still, whilst we behave a professional team, you know, with everything that we do, you know, technically we're amateurs. So um, I, I don't think it makes much difference in that sense. Jess, what about your, what's your, what, I mean, what would you like new owners to do for Wolves women? Yeah, I think just touching on what Matt said, I agree, you know, it's not like, it's can, in the grand scheme of things, it's not like Wolves women cost the men's team heaps and heaps of money, you know, the stuff that they train in is already there and it's already available. So why wouldn't we use it? But I think I agree in terms of the future for Wolves women hasn't really been touched on and hasn't really been delved into much detail in terms of the, what the fans know. And I think, you know, we've seen with Newcastle United women with their ownership, their new owners and and the the way they want to travel. And, you know, I can't remember what the stats were, but they, they're aiming for WSL within the next year few years or so so I think it will be nice if if you know if new owners do come in if it is all it, it is obviously all just ifs and buts but if that does happen then it would be nice to see more of a vision I think at the moment it's we're exceeding on expectations you know last season that's what it seemed like anyway like they're doing a brilliant job and we didn't expect this to happen but there's, we never really got much of a plan 
much of a by this year we want to be here so I think if if new owners were to come in I don't think in terms of training wise I don't think much really needs to change because you can't really improve it much but I think in terms of a plan I think that would be fantastic if we were even if the club were aware I don't obviously it's not they're not they're well within our well within their right not to tell the fans but it would be nice to to hear some kind of vision that the club have and they aim to achieve yeah, I mean, Newcastle said they want to be, I mean, Newcastle are tier four, want to be WSL within five years. First of all, they've got to get out of tier four, which is which they're not doing very well at the minute either, um, which is not making me giggle too much at all. Um, Matt, I mean, there is, uh, Jess has got a point there. You know, there's no sort of public strategy, no sort of we want to be here by this sort of date. Double-edged sword, of course, because as we sort of just decided there with Newcastle, if you make this big statement and you're not there, how does that come back to you? But what's your views on that? No, I I agree. I, I think there's not a vision there because I don't think they necessarily have one in terms of the progression of the club, if you like. Mm. Uh, I, they, they've definitely got it in terms of wanting opportunities for local girls. And that's fantastic, but it doesn't have to end there, does it? You know, the way I see it, you know, obviously a few years ago when they had that review and teams applied to, for promotions, if that were to happen now, obviously with the review that's ongoing, do I think Wolves would be under the current ownership with its current strategy? Do I think Wolves would be applying saying, oh, I want to be a WSL team? No, I don't think they would because I think the way Jeff's talking is if it's going to cost him money and potentially lose him money, then that's not something he's interested in. Um, rather than it being some, something that, you know, we do for one, the sake of equality and two, to grow the sport in general so it can become profit making um so it's obviously a gamble if we have new owners you know worst case scenario you've got new owners who don't value women's football at all best case scenario you've got new owners who do want to put the club onto an upward trajectory and fire us up to the wsl and and carry on giving those opportunities to to young kids yeah i think lots of things to think about there over the next sort of um well, however long the rumours last, I think whilst the men's team are having this sort of uh, bump in the road, there's always going to be quite. There's going to be more questions, um, but we'll wait and see. We'll keep you posted, you know, listeners, and we'll we'll if there's more to discuss about it, we'll have we'll sort of have a bit more of a deep dive, and maybe even do a special episode where we talk it through and and see, you know, sort of get your your thoughts on it as well. But so. Thank you very much. That sort of wraps us up for the week. I think for the last couple of weeks. Um, Jess, anything else from yourself? No. Uh, Matt, anything from yourself? I just want to say it's my first time going to the the training ground actually on uh, on Sunday. I've never actually been before, so strangely, even though it's not playing at a proper venue, I'm quite looking forward to that. I've driven past it and sort of gone, oh, just, just swing down this way, just swing down this way, and go and have a look. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, enjoy. Um, I, I won't. I'll be. Um, I won't be able to make it unfortunately this time round. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be a, a cracking game. And uh, to the 150 of you who are able to make it, enjoy. Sing loud, sing proud, and up the mighty wolves.